The following podcast is a W2M Network partnership production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You are now listening to The Football Five, only on the W2M Network. Welcome to The Football Five, along Eric Watkins, Josh Chalori, Rachel McCurr, Stephen are here with you. And tonight with us, to possibly be a new co-host, is Manny Ortiz, who lives in the Los Angeles area. Thank you for joining us tonight, Manny. Thank you for having me on, guys. All right, so we'll get started like we do every week. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope it's a good year for you. With going over the final scores of the final week of the 2016 regular season, sad face. Bengals beat the Ravens 27-10. The Titans beat the Texans 24-17. Bucks beat the Panthers 17-16. The Colts beat the Jaguars 24-20. The Patriots dominate the Dolphins 35-14. Vikings beat the Bears 38-10. Jets beat the Bills 30-10. The Eagles beat my Cowboys 27-13. The Stellars survived the Browns, 27-24 in OT. The Falcons beat the Saints, 38-32. The G-Bird beat the Redskins, 19-10. Cardinals beat the Rams, 44-6. Broncos beat the Rams, 24-6. Chiefs beat the Chargers, 37-27. The Seahawks beat the Niners, 25-23. And the the Packers win the North by beating the Lions, 31-24. So... The Patriots are the one seed, the Chiefs are the two seed in the AFC, and the my Cowboys are one seed, the Atlanta Falcons are the two seed in the NFC. Well, we'll start this week with wild card games that probably nobody will watch on Saturday. And the first one of that is the Texans and their race. It's going to be rookie Connor Cook against Brock Osweiler. Guys, is it? this has got to be the ugliest game I've ever watched in the playoffs. No, I'm pretty sure there's got to be one of this version of the Saturday afternoon. We've got the Texans hosting the game because the AFC South is trash that we've seen sometime over the last decade. Not to mention the fact that since Osweiler's starting, I can't use my savage puns for this week, so I'm completely deflated way before kickoff, because it's like, okay, this could be, I don't know, 14-10 by the time it's all said and done. If you are of the gambling uh, proposition, stay away. I'd say either stay away or if you're going to bet anything, bet the under. No, I wouldn't even do that because the under is going to be somewhere around where Jalen Rose's vertical jump is, and that man brags about not being able to jump over a phone book. All the more reason to still go ahead, and that's why I say bet small. Five, ten bucks, you know, food, coffee, what have you. (laughs) 
Now, I think what is honestly going to be the real factor in this game is going to come back to which defense can make more big plays. Because when you're talking about two offenses that are limited in their quarterback play, I mean, for all we know, Connor Cook with a week of practice could be the next Dak Prescott. I mean, that's who the Cowboys were looking to pick up instead of Dak. So, hey, there might be a reason for it. But based off of what we saw last week, I wouldn't hold my breath on that happening. So it's really going to come down to who has a bigger game, if you ask me. Khalil Mack for the Raiders or Jadavian Clowney, who's finally starting to look like the beast we saw at South Carolina for the Raiders. Rachel, what do you think about this? I mean, like you said, I think it's going to be a battle of the defenses. I don't think there's going to be any flashy offense whatsoever. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. Honestly, it could be like a a field-goal majority game. Both teams have two very good kickers. It's going to be a kick-punt, kick-punt game, I think. I I don't see it being anything special. Well, I mean... This would be good news for someone like Sebastian Janikowski. This would give him a couple more uh, notches on his career belt. And I can't even remember who the Texans kicker is, to be honest. I guess that's a telling sign. I'm going to Google it now, just because I'm curious. You know, when, when this game was Matt McGloin against Tom Savage, before we knew these quarterback changes were going to happen, you weren't I, excited for it then. Don't don't lie. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm excited for it now. But we didn't. We knew what was going to happen. No, we, we didn't. We thought Matt. We thought Matt McGloin would probably outplay Tom Savage. Now we have a quarterback. We haven't seen play in the about? NFL. We're, we're we have not about... seen Connor Cook play in the NFL. We don't know what he can do. Yes, we're we did. We Mike. did on Sunday. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I want to go back for a second. What do you mean you were excited to see what Matt McGloin could do? I didn't we say I was know excited. What Matt I said McGloin can do. I said he'd probably outplay Tom Savage. No, no. Tom Savage has more upside and has actually shown more potential in his NFL games than we've seen at any point in time from Matt McGloin. I mean, you've got to remember, he started three games for the Raiders a couple of years ago and was a complete disaster in that those games. I believe the only team he beat was the Texans. I'm not too sure, but I believe... Well, there's something for many. I mean, I think that the player that's going to make a difference in this game is Lamar Miller on the Texans side because the Raiders don't really have a player like that that's elusive enough to receive and run. I mean, yeah, they have a good, they have a couple good running backs, but I just believe Lamar Miller is going to make a change in this game. Yeah, that's a great point. Another thing that's going to be significant is how Brock Osweiler bounces back from being benched. One thing that uh, has been talked about a lot is how his confidence was crushed in Denver when he was benched for Peyton Manning after coming in for him, and that's ultimately the reason why he left Denver. We've seen him get yanked out of out of the starting lineup now, so are we going to see a guy who's coming out showing that hunger to be a starter again, or is he just going to whittle under the pressure? I believe I believe he will. He'll, he'll show some initiative and probably step up and probably want to win a game just to show everybody, you know, that he still has a little bit of, you know, 
I would say he's he's not a good quarterback, but so he's decent. I mean, he didn't do much this year. He didn't do much. I mean, I I would think. I mean, he's playing that the Raiders team, and they're kind of looking like the old Raiders right now with the quarterback situation. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that we lost possibly the best offense in the AFC. And, I mean, because of this, I mean, who's the third best quarterback in the AFC playoffs right now? I mean, who's the fourth best? Because we've got Brady, Roethlisberger, Alex Smith, and then we've got Matt Moore. Oh. and then the and then the duo of dimes in Connor Cook uh, and, and Brock Osweiler. Oh my goodness! What 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 did we do to anger the football gods to end up with this schedule? Ask Stephen. I'm sure something he said along the way, given his track record. I'm blaming you for this. That that makes perfect sense. Now, I'm, I'm with Josh, I guess. Defense is going to play a part in this game, whether it be Khalil Mack, Javon Clowney, or whoever else might be on either ball, side of the ball. I don't know much about either team's defense, but it's going to be a defensive game. I'm also going off what Rachel said. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But I guess, since there's not much to talk about for this game, we'll do predictions. Who you guys think is going to win in Before Houston? Before we do predictions, Nick sure. Novak is their kicker. There we go. Uh, now, now, can I just like not make a prediction on this game? Because I, I, I don't have a heads or tails just because of the unstable situations. Both teams are coming in un- with under center. This is a team that needed a missed kick to win against the Bengals, twelve ten. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, I the still Bengals I, are a little, The Bengals are a little frisky. Every once in a while, they'll give you something. Not. I mean, they're, they're a team full of aggression. It's not always directed in the right way, but it's aggression. They're, they're lucky I'm even calling them the Bengals instead of the Bungles. But I'm still saying, Vegas, just my prediction, the under's going to win. I mean, they even if Vegas puts it somewhere in the 20s, which... If that number starts with a three, I might have to fly out and smack somebody. I'm going to put faith in them and trust that they know what they're doing. Just still take the under. That's my prediction. So who's the under then? As far as who actually wins... Maybe Oakland in a squeaker because I trust Connor Cook to try to learn something instead of Osweiler. If you had to put a gun to my head, that's what I would say. I'm going to go Oakland. I just, if we're looking at kickers too, which that's how I feel like it's going to end out, Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, he's older, but he's more consistent than Nick Novak. I honestly think you guys are being a little disrespectful because we're talking about a Houston defense that, yet again, powered their team that had no potency on offense to the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Raiders 
biggest liability has been their defense. I've got to go with the Texans. And we also got to remember, they're doing this all this year without J.J. Watt. So imagine how dominant they're going to be next year when they bring the squad back. I'd go Texans, too, as well. Um, I do not see the Raiders offense doing anything whatsoever. Uh, their quarterback situation just put them in a really bad place. I mean, I just see the Texans winning. And, I mean, like I said before, I think Lamar Miller will be a difference in that because of the shitty situation at quarterback. I said the Raiders will win. Like, after the season ended, we knew the wild card matchups. I'm still going with Oakland. I just don't think Brock Osweiler, the four-year, $72 million man, is going to win a playoff game. I just it's not, I don't see it happening. So I guess that'll do for our Raiders and Texans talk. Not much to talk about because it's a very, very bad game ahead of us. 4.40 Eastern Time on ESPN and ABC on Saturday. When we come back from commercial, we'll talk Seahawks and Lions. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell. And we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. Dylan, what are Blake Bortles' first half stats? 299 yards, two touchdowns, and interceptions. He could do better than that. He knows it. Rachel, what's the latest on Big Ben's leg injury? His leg is healing. He should return to the game. The Steelers will need him the rest of the way, so that's a big break for them. Eric, what's the score in Glendale? Cardinals lead the Patriots 42-7. We all saw that coming. Josh, how are Joe Flacco and Cisa coming along? I mean, I hate to say it, but they're looking good. I mean, they had a great game last week, and they're only one game out of first place in the AFC North. Don't count them being there that long. Do you want to hear more of that? Listen to the Football Five every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, only on the WTM Network. Also, follow us on Twitter, at the Football Five. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell, and we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, look up McCrigger Photography on Facebook. That's M-C-K-R-I-G-E-R Photography. We specialize in senior pictures, portraits, wedding photos, engagement photos, and family photos. Contact us for rates and dates. All right, welcome back. We're back from that very bad segment where we talk a very bad game, but we'll make up for it because the next three playoff games get better and better as they go on. And we start with the Sunday night game, Saturday night game, eight fifteen on NBC. The Seahawks will play the Lions. I like now, that game. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, yeah. Now, I just want to 
kind of summarize the Lions' season because this might be the greatest case of the Ewan theory since Patrick Ewing. Are any of you guys familiar with this? Not the specific theory, no. Okay, no, not with the Patrick Ewing, but the Patrick Ewing theory. So, Bill Simmons did not actually make this, even though people give him credit for it. One of his writers, one of his readers sent it into him. It pretty much is centered around uh, the Georgetown teams of the late 80s that did better after uh, Ewing left. And it's just like, oh, so what happens when you take an absolute superstar away from a team and the team becomes better? It's the Ewing theory. And, I mean, that's what the Lions are without Megatron. Well, and I completely agree with that because... And I've heard a few analysts say this, and this was kind of true. With a sizable and quick, borderline, speedy wide receiver like Megatron, you're really beholden to get him the ball, or you feel like you are, especially if you're in the red zone. Now that you don't have that one central target... You can spread the wealth around. Look at the kind of season that Golden Tate's having. And even in the absence of the running game, look at what Zenner's been able to do when given the spotlight these past couple of weeks. You're really discovering weapons you didn't realize you had. And with a capable quarterback like Matt Stafford, he knows who to go to in these situations. And it's working out pretty well. Remember what I said back in the season preview where how I, I said after that they lost Megatron, they would, it would be a re- more, sort of a rebuilding season. They would about six games. Who would have thought that the Lions, without Megatron, would be in the playoffs right now? I mean, I, go I, ahead. I, well, I was saying I kind of saw it coming, but it really wasn't towards – the end of the season, when I'm thinking as time got closer and closer, they could still win the division despite what Green Bay was doing, but they, they're they actually starting to be consistent playoff contenders and now making playoff appearances. Granted, they're probably not going to get too far within this window, but you never know. Getting there is typically the hardest part. Yeah, now, I know you would have mentioned this, Steven, but what really has impressed me about this team is the increase in production by Matthew Stafford. I thought he was, at best, a league average quarterback, but you know what? He has gotten out of that uh, Andy Dalton class up into the Matt Ryan class. The not-quite-elite guys, but hey, they you will not have any complaints if that's your franchise quarterback. But I think the run ends here because while the Legion of Doom isn't as anywhere near as dominant as they've been, I mean, Russell Wilson has been an absolute wizard and willed his team to some wins. And also, postseason experience is going to come into effect with a game like this where you got two teams that both are significantly flawed and close to each other. So that's why I've got to give it to Carroll. He has had his guys in and out battle tested. They should be fine. 
Yeah, we talked about last segment how there are two bad quarterbacks in that Raiders-Texans game. When we go to the next game that night, there's two great quarterbacks. Russell Wilson against Matt Stafford. It's a great game. It's going to be a great game to watch. But then it's like we said about the other game. It's coming down to defense. And I don't think Detroit's defense can stop Michael Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, not Michael Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Or even Wilson, if he has to run the ball. I don't think the Detroit defense can stop him either. Passing, running, how would have you. It's also Thomas Rawls. I mean, he's not the same power runner that... Uh... Wow, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 I'm uh, 24 now. My brain isn't firing at the same sparks it used to. Come back in about six years. Uh, don't, 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 don't talk to me about that. I'm terrified of my mortality. But anyways, uh, he's not the same power runner that Marshawn Lynch is, but he still gets it done in between the tackles. And I don't think that this run defense, especially the front four, Ziggy Anza, who was the breakout star of that Lions defense last year, has not been a factor all that much this season. And I'm not sure if they're going to get enough penetration from that front of their defensive line to free up the linebackers to make the tackles. Especially with the way that I can't say Seattle's completely gotten rid of the read option, but they've scaled it back and used it as a, at the right times. And Russell Wilson is still a dynamic mobile quarterback. And when you've got more sizable guys along the defensive line, like Haloti Nata, sorry, Russell Wilson is going to have an easier time running away and continue to be a threat from outside of the pocket. Especially that um, the Lions started uh, set a franchise record this year, but not the one that everybody wanted. I believe it was a uh, 72.7% pass against teams that they let complete. I believe Russell Wilson's going to have a good day um, with his passing percentage. He might even have an excellent day, even though he has a really bad line. We have two court, great quarterbacks playing in this game, but just thinking about Matt Stafford going against the Legion of Boom, I feel like this game could be a blowout if Mestaf no, no, no. could be you're, off you're target. For, you're forgetting one thing. The best member of the Legion of Broom, Boom is on the sideline with a broken leg in Earl Thomas, and then they've got Richard Sherman running back punts for them. This isn't the same Legion of Boom, so you can't give them the credit that we would have like two or three years ago. I, I think Cam Chancellor is going to make a big difference. Yeah, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, uh... Bruce Servin? No, Bruce Servin's in Oakland. Michael Bennett's yeah. on that team. Bennett's on that team. They got Bobby Wagner, a middle linebacker. No, I wasn't saying that their defense is lacking, but their defense is not the same. Shut down, you're not throwing on us. We're going to maul your receiver's defense that they were a couple of years ago. I agree with that, but I still think... Well, yeah, no, but no be, yeah, because they lost a few players. I mean, Earl Thomas is out with a broken leg. Servings in Oakland, but still a great defense. I mean, I can't discredit that. Yeah, it's an excellent defense. Yeah, and that's it. They, they get pressure from all around. I'm just seeing with how they were able to adjust their coverage in the secondary to account for the loss of Earl Thomas, it's going to. Well, it's going to present situations where Stafford might not be under as much pressure as 
he would normally face in this situation, but this could lead to not only a lot, a lot of potential interceptions and incompletions, but this could lead to a couple of coverage sacks because they're not going to leave anybody open for Stafford to throw to. So I don't know how or if Detroit can completely adjust to that on this short of a notice. Now, I should have done my research for this game because now that I'm thinking about it, this is going to be not as great a game as we first probably thought. But do uh, does anybody know who's on the opposite side of Richard Sherman as the other cornerback? Is it still um, that? No, it's not Maxwell anymore, is it? Google, I gotcha. Byron Maxwell? No, he, he went to Philadelphia, to Miami, to... Somewhere else. He's I think he's in Pittsburgh somewhere buried on that depth chart. <laughs> yeah, Byron Maxwell has been there since they went to Super Bowl 48. Wait, what are you asking again? The second court, the second cornerback in the Seahawks defense. Okay. So while Rachel looks that up, um, yeah, Bruce, not Bruce Irvin, what's his name? Byron Maxwell hasn't been there since they went to Super Bowl 48 and destroyed the Broncos. Uh, behind Richard Sherman is Nico Thorpe. And well, behind, let's say. behind um, on the other side, on the right cornerback, they have Deshaun Sheed, uh, I think it is, S-H-E-A-D. And Jeremy Lane is behind him. And then the third for both of them is DeAndre Elliott. Well, Jeremy Lane, he can make some plays, but if the Seahawks want to shut Stafford down, they need to put Richard Sherman on Marvin Jones. Because if they don't, they don't shut Marvin Jones down, what? They could. I mean, Marvin Jones is a great wide receiver from Cincinnati. They got him in free agency. If Marvin Jones has a big day, the Lions will keep it close. If not, not so much. I, I really think this, this game is going to go down to the wire, but I've got to go with the Seahawks because they don't have, while they have question marks on defense, they aren't as glaring as they are for the Lions, especially when you start looking at that secondary for the Lions. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a safe, what I see as a safe pick, and I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I mean, 75% of the Legion of Boom is better than what Detroit is throwing out there any day, even with guys like Clay out there. Sorry, Seattle. It may take them a while. It'll probably be close through three quarters, but they'll pull it out. I got Seattle because I don't believe the Lions' um, passing defense is that good. I think it's mediocre. And I see Russell Wilson taking advantage of that. Got Seattle. I have Seattle winning. I just don't know if it's going to be a great game or a 38-10 final score. We'll have to wait for Saturday night. I keep thinking Sunday night. I'll have to wait for Saturday night to figure that out. Seahawks host the Lions Saturday night, 8-15 on NBC. Next up, we talk probably our favorite game from the wild card round. As the Dolphins visit the Stellars. So we'll be right back here on the Football Five. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, look up McCrigger Photography on Facebook. That's M C K R I G E R Photography. 
We specialize in senior pictures, portraits, wedding photos, engagement photos, and family photos. Contact us for rates and dates. Dylan, what are Blake Bortles' first half stats? 299 yards, two touchdowns, and interceptions. He could do better than that. He knows it. Rachel, what's the latest on Big Ben's leg injury? His leg is healing. He should return to the game. The Steelers will need him the rest of the way, so that's a big break for them. Eric, what's the score in Glendale? Cardinals lead the Patriots 42-7. to We all saw that coming. Josh, how are Joe Flacco and Cisa coming along? I mean, I hate to say it, but they're looking good. I mean, they had a great game last week, and they're only one game out of first place in the AFC North. Don't count them being there that long. Do you want to hear more of that? Listen to the Football Five every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, only on the WTM Network. Also, follow us on Twitter, at the Football Five. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell. And we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. All right, welcome back. We are ready to talk for our probably my, my favorite game for the wild card, the Dolphins and the Stellars. And why I want to talk about this game is because, oh, my God, the offense in this game is, whew, it is a lot. There's a lot of offense in this game. Now, the, the Steelers have much better receivers and a great running back. But the Dolphins, for Eric, as you know, Josh, you probably know as well, they have Jay Ajayi. Yeah, but you you know who they also have? Matt Moore. Matt Moore. I knew that was coming. Stack the box, stack the box, stack the box. Exactly. You just got to put eight or nine guys in the box. And actually, no, with our secondary, you can't do that. You just got to, you know what? Every point I had, I just remembered, this is the Steelers' defense. And we're not talking about the Steel Curring 2.0 of, like, Two, three years ago, we're talking about a 38-year-old old James Harrison being one of the best players. We've got oh. two rookies starting in the secondary. And as uh, Zeke Elliott proved, a team that really doesn't know how to tackle. So I'm confident that we're going to be able to outscore the Dolphins, but this might be the highest scoring game of the week. Do you say the two rookies in the secondary like it's a bad thing because... Every, Burns for, the last, pretty good. Like, for the last like five or four games, Sean Davis has been leading in tackles, so he's 
He's not bad, I would say. No, no, no. That's not a bad thing about the two of them. That's just never a good indicator of your defense when you've got a rookie leading the team in tackles. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robert Golden's out with an injury. And, like, the Steelers' defense, yeah, I think Ryan Shazier is having one of his best seasons. But, like, look look at the defensive line now. Stephon Tuitt's out. Javon Hargrave might be out. He left the game against the Browns. So did Ricardo Matthews. Dan like, McCullers is like the only one there whose name you've actually heard before. Like and this he, is a defense that was never great to begin with, and they are beat up. And while I don't think the Dolphins pose a threat, it's going to be an issue moving forward for the Steelers if they win. And honestly, I like the way that those corners could potentially neutralize your deep threats of like Jarvis Landry. I mean, Matt Moore, yes, he's capable, but he's never been in this sort of situation. And Are we really we, going to say that Matt Moore is a capable NFL quarterback? He's a possible NFL quarterback. Capable might be stretching it a little bit. Oh, yes, but this is my point. Look at what happened in the game against the Patriots. You really don't think that the Steelers can at least do two thirds of what they did defensively? Oh, you just no. Can't <laughs> you, you don't realize after seeing Zeke Elliott break nine tackles to score and win the game when we were leading, I kind of have no faith in this defense. Left. Well, you okay? Well, you can't just say yes. The Steelers don't always know how to tackle. I can concede that, but come on. How many tackles has Zeke broken this season? That nine on one play. It was on one play. Okay, so, oh, and you honestly think that Jay Ajayi is that capable? I would like to think that even... Jay Ajayi might be the second best running back throughout the entire season after Zeke Elliott this year. Uh, But you don't think that even after... And you don't think even after five guys that you can get to him? Okay, instead of breaking a 70 or 80-yard run, you limit him to 20. That's something of a win. a team that hasn't been able to wrap up consistently this season. This is Rachel can back me up here. This is a different type of Steelers team than we've seen on the Three Rivers. This isn't a smash-mouth team. This is definitely a finesse Steelers squad. And while that is perfect for our offense, it... it it is not ideal for the defense, especially when you're talking about cold weather football in January. Well, yeah, I look at it as yes, my, Matt Moore is not a capable quarterback like Josh said. Jay Ajayi is probably the second best running back in the NFL behind my boy Zeke. And the Steelers oh. defense, Josh keeps saying what? they have a bad pass rush or whatever, they have a bad. D line, whatever have you, but they can't tackle. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're gonna have a problem. They can't stop JJ. They can have a big problem on their hands. But you have to look at it this way: you stop JJ, it's over. Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Tony Brown, Eli yeah, Rogers they're, they're making that it is, for himself. That hey, is, I'm, the Dolphins I'm, don't try to take out Ben's knees again. I'm completely <laughs> playing devil's advocate and trying to hedge my smush factor right now. But how explosive have those three been this season? I mean, with the exception of 
a couple of quarters, we haven't seen the explosive Steelers offense that everybody's been predicting all season. Really? I mean, I think Le'Veon that, Bell averages 40 points in fantasy. That's pretty and the impressive. Last, like, five out of seven games, he's rushed over 100 yards. Yeah, but what about Ben and Antonio Brown? I mean, Antonio, Antonio Brown wasn't even. Yeah, Antonio Brown's on fire. He beats the team until the fourth quarter against the Ravens in a must-win game. And Ben is still uh, So he's healthy. clutch, too. It's even better. He's explosive. He's clutch. That, yeah, you're never, not answering not, the question, though. Have they, Have you seen them be that explosive trio that we have talked about? Bell has lived up to I mean, I, I think it's Bell, Bell and Brown are more explosive than Big Ben, but other than, other than that, yeah. You, you guys are kind of ducking from my question, so I'll just I'll just move on from that. I, I'm not going to duck from the question. No. I honestly, as a trio, have seen them to be that explosive. But you don't need the trio to all but be explosive I, simultaneously. When, when your defense is as leaky as the Steelers' defense is, you need to do that. And outside of a couple of quarters, we haven't seen a full... Four quarters of dominant Steelers offense since that week two game against Kansas City. And are you saying that you would necessarily need a full four quarters? If if Ajay gets anywhere around 175 yards, then yes. Mm, That's... I know what you're saying is about your defense, but 175 is asking a lot in the playoffs. Not when Matt Moore is your quarterback. Hey, they kind of need that 175 yards from a Jay. I'm not saying they don't need it. I'm just saying that's still asking a lot under these circumstances. Who knows? With a guy like Adam Gase as a head coach, you might be seeing a lot more trick plays or different formations. You never know. Well, Ajayi is a great running back, and I like him a lot. I liked him at Boise State, too. I feel like the Le'Veon Bell is going to outrush him. Obviously, Jarvis Landry is nowhere near Antonio Brown's stature, and there's no way Matt Bohr will beat Big Ben. In the end, uh, the Stellars the get the win over the Dolphins. I agree with that 100%. I'm I- still picking the Steelers. I'm just not confident in this team. I think the Steelers can win, and I am confident in the team as long as the Killer Bees don't get injured and Ryan Shazier and Sean Davis don't get injured. I would maybe throw in, and Josh, I know you're probably going to give me crap for this, but I think Ross Cockrell is getting better and better each game. So as long as I, 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 I mean, it's not like he could get any worse. Ross Cockrell, he, he's not doing bad at all this season. He and Artie Burns have almost the same numbers. I'm looking at him here. They both have a total. Cockrell has 62 tackles. Burns has 65. What about I, past defenses? I'm looking at team statistics. I don't have, like, all of that. All right. I, I'm just saying, I mean, tackle, I, I don't want my corners having that many tackles. I'd rather see them have double-digit pass defenses. Again, I still think the Steelers will be winning, but I, I've expressed my concern about this team on a number of occasions. 
I think they'll have a struggle going on in the playoffs, trying to make that stretch. But as a, as far as this game, I don't see Matt Moore being that big of a threat. No, uh, the threat is JJ. And I think it, since I think the Steelers, it's going to take a while, but they will be able to focus on JJ. And I think that's the reason that they win. As much as I would love the Dolphins to win, it's not happening. Stop the run. So it's a clean sweep with the Steelers and the Dolphins. When we come back, we wrap up the show with the G-Man. Isn't the Packers? And we have, I have a few questions for the guys. Maybe we make some more predictions here on the 405. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell. And we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, look up McCrigger Photography on Facebook. That's M-C-K-R-I-G-E-R Photography. We specialize in senior pictures, portraits, wedding photos, engagement photos, and family photos. Contact us for rates and dates. All right, welcome back. So, final game of the wildcard weekend is on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. It's the... Packers hosting the G-Man. And, my God, I hope that Green Bay wins this game because I don't want my Cowboys placed in the Giants because... Three and out. Three yeah, I don't out. know. It, it's, it's hard beating a team three times in a single year. I'm just going to flash back to 07 and look what happened. Maybe this year, if it goes down, it could be in the reverse. You never know. Oh, anyway. please, please give me Eli Manning. I want him. I want him again so he can throw five interceptions like he did la- almost last time. Give me a hey, break. Look, Why are you worried about the damn Giants? Eli Manning Eli, is going to ruin that game. They Eli can't. Manning is an idiot savant, as we have all seen time and time again. Somehow that dumb face doesn't care and will just throw touchdowns and break hearts. And also, we've got Benny with the good hair with the clipboard. I don't fear him in most instances, but I feel like he would be able to out-coach Mike McCarthy, who should have been fired like five years ago. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. I can't figure out a cover two. Now you're finally flipping a 180? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not flipping a 180. Or, or, I just no. think that Mike, that just tells you how little I think of Mike McCarthy. The as Giants a are a one-player team with a defense. Yes, they, they the are. Packers they will, Packers have a the Packers team. should be able to be. Now, the one thing I'll say the, is that the no, Packers no, no, played no. well the Packers, outside of Lambeau. The Lambo, Packers but. have one great player. What? They've got one great player what? and another what? great defensive player. It's about they it. have I've said Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Haha Clint Dix, Clay Matthews. Oh, what, what are you talking uh, about? Devontae no, 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 Adams? Devontae Adams. Dix is an average corner at best. Jordy Nelson would not be in the NFL if he was playing for any other team than the Packers because he gets thrown open by... Aaron Rodgers week in and week out. Aaron Rodgers puts this team on his back like he's Greg Jennings with a broken leg and says, F you, Gumby, and takes the team to the promised land. But I think that they are running into a a different beast in the defense that the guys put together. The free agency pick moves that they made are coming together, and that defense is a problem. Well, Absolutely, I think the defense is a problem. And yes, the Giants are a one-player or one-player offense. Because let's face it, Sterling Shepard isn't anywhere close to being where he should and potentially could be. But right. you're worried about Mike McCarthy. Dom Capers runs that defense. He's the one that should have been fired two, three years ago. But uh, somehow, Dom, Dom Capers burned out after they made, stuck him with that. Horrible, horrible Texans expansion. Okay, he's never been the same since then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I'm just lay it out there. Same thing I said about my Dallas Cowboys when the Dallas Cowboys when the Cowboys went to MetLife play the Giants. Stop over Jay win the game. And okay, honestly, but- I think the Packers. I think they can somewhat do that. Because, I mean, even go back to look at that 10-7 game that your Cowboys played. Held, 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 and finally in the fourth quarter, that one play where he broke open, that was a heartbreaker. I think the Packers can have something of a similar game. And if they have something of a similar game, look at what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. Even though I don't want him to live up to his words of running the table I kind of have to concede it could happen. Can they contain Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, like I, I've seen no evidence that they have the defensive personnel to contain him. Maybe if Charles Woodson, uh, Tate breaks out the old helmet <laughs> and comes out of retirement, they've got somebody who can stay with him. But, who I mean, Hawkland Dix is an uh-huh. average corner and, and we see week in and week out average corners look idiots when they try to cover Eldell Beckham. Uh you know, I wouldn't call Brandon Carr a great corner and he covered Odell Beckham pretty good. I'm not you know Yeah Brand everyone calls you don't Brandon have to be Carr. a great corner. You have to be good enough to cover Odell right. Beckham Jr. Okay, but would you say haha Clinton Dix is better than Brandon Carr because I take Brandon Carr over him any day of the week. Maybe That's not because, in a one-on-one situation, but they're going to give Clinton Dix help. Yeah, I think Dix. Um, I think Clinton Dix is a better cover. I mean, I would say like maybe a Tampa two or maybe a cover two corner. 
Um, if he just plays zone, but I wouldn't put him in man situation. In that situation, probably Carr would be the better corner. That's true. That's true. Of course. And we, we, remember, we are we are pinning most of the hopes on <laughs> Dom Capers defensive wows. And honestly, I think I don't even think that he would be that stupid to play man defense when he really doesn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously they're gonna have uh, Matthews rush a lot. So I mean But on the other side of the ball, I mean Janoris Jenkins is a pretty good cornerback. He's shown that over the few past few games and if he goes up against Jordy Nelson, that's another good matchup we have to watch for. That's a matchup where I don't see Nelson. I see Nelson finishing with a stat line of like two catches for fourteen yards. And they still got uh, Collins too. That's that's playing safety overhead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as many plus uh, DRC as... too. Cromartie. Yeah, Cromartie. Yeah, yeah. Dominic Garcia Cromartie. He's he's got to be broke off of defensive player of the year at this point. I wouldn't go that far, but like, like I said, they have a, they've got stallions on defense, and I de- have you seen anything other than Aaron Rodgers and his right arm that would lead, give you any evidence to believe that this offense can challenge the defense that's coming up from New York? Weren't the uh, Packers in the same situation when they won the Super Bowl? Yes, exactly. Yes, and mm. they beat the Giants already this year. But they yeah. also were a better team. They actually had they, a running back who could, you know, move and wasn't just eating China. I don't know. Ripkowski was nothing. fine last week. You know, you it was also against. But but you're also talking about the Lions' defense compared to the Giants' defense. Big difference. But, yeah, but doesn't Ripkowski kind of remind you of John Kuhn? I mean, with a bigger guy. He can not necessarily need to have a lot of speed, but if he has a power to give you a few yards and a somewhat of a cloud of dust, well then. And the Giants' rushing game is not good at all either. Oh yeah, no. I, I my, some of my best friends are Giants fans. They are excited when they get like ninety rushing yards. Yeah, who they got right there? Paul Perkins from UCLA. I think that's their backup running back, right? I. I believe so, yes. Could walk in front of me wearing their jerseys, and I would not recognize them. I hate to say it, but. Yeah, the Giants, Giants are one of the worst teams in the league on when it comes to rushing in general, on defense, on offense. I believe they're last in the league in rush defense. I could be wrong on that. Hey, hey you, you know what really is going to decide this game, though? Very the game time temperature in Lambeau. Because if it's one of those Lambeau Tundra games, one thousand percent. We're talking about the one thousand percent. We are talking about the Packers going to face Dallas and Big D. Hmm. Really? You so you think if the the temperature is lower, the Packers will win? The colder it is, the better it is for the Pack. You sure about that? Because I remember two thousand seven, the kickoff was zero degrees in the NFC title game. They lost in overtime. They, it was the yeah. negatives when they played the 49ers in the wild card in 2013. Again, again, again they there lost are exceptions the game. to the rule, but typically speaking, that is going to be an advantage for the Packers because they are playing in that – they live in that cold weather for the coldest part of the year. 
It's going to be a great game, but I, I'm, I'm, my Cowboy fandom is coming out. I want the Packers to win this game. I'd rather not the Packers win this game. I'd rather I not. Dak Prescott go up against the Giants again. I think there's the Packers some, are red hot now. Yeah, so there's far. something to be said for playing a team three times. That is very difficult to do, and it's not like – the Giants have just been absolutely beating the Cowboys every time. The first week is a total anomaly. It's week one, okay? And they lost by a point. They lose by three in New York. This is in Dallas. I take my chances with that with a team you've seen multiple times. I, I really Keep in mind, the combined I, score of those two games, combined 30-26 to 26 between the two games. I really think the Giants, because of their defensive potential, are going to be able to win this game. It's going to be an ugly game, which means I, as a football scout, am going to be in heaven seeing all the weird defenses thrown to try and trick these quarterbacks. I agree that the Giants' pass defense is going to play a big part in this game. We'll see if they step up to the plate and take out Aaron Rodgers and take out Jordy Nelson and Adams, but... Um, I think at the end, I think Aaron Rodgers pulled through. Like I said, he's been on fire after he made that statement right before playing the Philadelphia game, and he hasn't lost the game since, and uh, I don't see him losing. Personally, as much as I would like the Giants, I got to take the Packers of this one simply because while the Giants, especially that Pretty good secondary can defend against deep passes. Aaron Rodgers, McCarthy, and that offense is just going to be just fine using Nelson, using Adams in the slot, a lot of flare screens, and dink and dunk down the field. And that's eventually what's going to wear down the Giants and beat them to death. It's going to be, again, this is going to be another close one, but with Rodgers, the way he's throwing the ball and taking advantage of this, uh, Packers are going to have a somewhat comfortable time winning this one. I'm going to go with the Packers just because if we're looking at quarterbacks, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot better than I like Eli Manning. So before we, because we're starting a new thing on the 405, where we're just starting fresh with our picks because, I mean, I had the Panthers winning the Super Bowl. And obviously that didn't happen. Eric had the Cardinals in the playoffs. That didn't happen. Yeah. So, so before we get to another Super Bowl prediction thing, I want to ask Mark uh, Manny here with joining us tonight. You're a Chiefs fan. Yes. Out of this, let's just assume the Dolphins win and they go play New England again. The Chiefs will play the next highest seed. What team do you want to see in the division round? Oh. Who do I want to see? I don't care who, who I see. I want to, um, I just, I mean, I really wish that uh, Derek Carr wasn't hurt and I could see the Raiders again, beat them for a third time, keep that broom out nice and get another sweep. But um, I really don't care at this point. I think my team can match up well against anybody, even counting New England. I mean, in the championship round, I mean, I really hope to see New England there. I think, uh, I think we play. I think I have a prediction that Pittsburgh's going to win. I think we see Pittsburgh next week, and okay. uh, I think we can match up really good to them. Have a rematch of uh, 
believe that Sunday night game when you they destroyed you guys. I remember that. Yeah. Ha! Sorry. Ha! <laughs> Rachel's a Rachel's a Steelers fan. Now that you, now you oh, know. Okay. Yeah, I hope we see them again. I mean, I don't think it's going to match up the same way this time around. No, I don't think so either. So I guess we'll go ahead. We'll do Super Bowl matchups predictions and Super Bowl champ predictions in 2017. Eric, why don't you start off? Well, and this is why I feel somewhat vindicated because I know Manny's going to back me up on this. I had the Chiefs pulling. What some people say, oh, I'm crazy, and other people would say it's a miracle, and other people have asked me what substances I've ingested. I don't care. I still see them getting over the hump, having Andy Reid get back into the Super Bowl. The Cardinals, okay, I was wrong. I'm going to admit that. And honestly, the way the NFC is shaping up, I think the Cowboys can do just enough to get there, but sorry, I still have the Chiefs winning. So it'll be Kansas City beating Dallas, which kind of weird because Kansas City used to be in Dallas. So, yeah, that's going to create a lot of interesting trivia. That's an interesting matchup. All right, let's have Mandy go next since he's our guest for tonight. Okay, well, as you guys know, I'm going to be biased right here with this pick. I'm going to say the Chiefs, the Chiefs pull it off, and they go to the Super Bowl, and they play Atlanta. I see Atlanta beating Dallas in the finals of the NFC, and I see Atlanta uh, going to the champion. I mean, going to the Super Bowl, but I see the Chiefs pulling it off with their um, defense. I mean, they are the best. They have the best turnover margin. I mean, they're the most dangerous defense to play against right now. As, a, as wise as turnovers, I mean, if you've seen what they did against Carolina, how they won the last, I mean, it was seconds. Marcus Peters stripped the ball. I just see the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I hope all goes well, and I hope they do it. Pull it off. Chiefs-Atlanta will be a rematch from sometime during the season when the Falcons should have won, but Eric Berry returned a yeah, two-point conversion two for two for the Chiefs to win in Atlanta. That would be a great matchup. I would love to see that again. Yeah, that was just a few weeks ago when four was that an epic finish. That'd be that would that'd be a great Super Bowl matchup. See that happen, something like happen again. All right, Rachel, we'll let you go next. I'm gonna be like Manny and be a little bit biased here. The last time the Steelers played the Patriots, it was a fairly close game. And that was with Landry Jones as quarterback. And Everyone knows how I feel about Landry Jones. <clears throat> Scrub. Um, so now with <laughs> with Ben as their quarterback, like I said, if the Dolphins, please, Dolphins, do not take my quarterback's legs out. With Ben in charge, I could see the Steelers beating the Patriots. Josh, I know he'll give me crap for that, but I can see it. I'm confident. So I'm going to have the Steelers and the Packers rematch Steelers win I just I love underdog teams if you if if anyone knows soccer and if anyone ever followed my live tweeting during the 2014 World Cup and the 2016 Copa America you know I like underdog teams sometimes sometimes I'm wrong sometimes I'm right but I love underdog teams and I would love to see a Steelers Green Bay matchup again 
Hey, at least you didn't have to go through what I went through in 2010. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Rachel, as much as I would love that Super Bowl outcome, because I personally woke up at 3 in the morning to watch Aaron Rodgers pick apart our secondary and then had to go to school and get tortured by everybody there, I, I've still got to stick with it, okay? We have not beat New England in a playoff game. Doesn't matter where we play. And the way Tom Brady's looking and how shaky our defense is, I, I just can't believe it. And when you're looking at the NFC, as long as they don't get tripped up by the Giants and Eli Manning doing his idiot savant thing, the Cowboys should be able to coast comfortably to the title behind that offensive line and Zeke just churning up those yards. And I got the Patriots winning another Super Bowl to confirm the evil, evil empire that Belichick made and just to make the Browns fans miserable because he was their last coach to take them to the playoffs. So everybody said Justin as he's biased. And that's because Josh is not confident in the Stellars moving forward. I don't have any faith in that defense. <laughs> None whatsoever. So I like I like everybody's picks. Everybody had good picks. Chiefs and Dallas, Chiefs and Falcons, Steelers and Packers, all good good matchups right there. But I'm with Josh. The Patriots always find ways to win. They gotta do it again in the AFC. In the NFC, as long as Cowboys don't face the Giants, we're going to Houston. And on February fifth. 2017, my Dallas Cowboys will be hosting their sixth Lombardi Trophy, tying the Steelers for most all time. How That's not happening, Cowboys. I, I can't let that happen. I'm sorry, Steven. Can't. I'm not going to be able Cowboys. to do it. I fought them, Cowboys. Not going to be able to do it. So that will do it then for us here at the Football Five. Our wild card preview. Thank you, Manny. I want to thank Manny for joining us this week. Fun having you Thanks on. Thanks for having me. Bye. Alongside Eric Watkins, Josh Laurie, Mitch Burkrieger, I'm Stephen Earl. We will see you next week. Enjoy your football weekend. The following podcast is a W2M Network partnership production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.